Hey, Studio DNA fans. I'm Chad, a new podcast host here on the network. I'd like to invite you to check out my new show called Hot Takeout, where I mix together some of my favorite things, fast food and musical artists. When you listen, you'll get that feeling you have when you get an onion ring in the bottom of your french fries. It's a win. We'll dig deep with the artists. We'll find out what inspires them and what foods they have to stay away from. And we're also playing fast food games, which will also make sense when you listen. So check out the Hot Takeout podcast streaming right now here on the Studio DNA podcast network. Safe Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that rode a big wheel into work over both hardwood and carpet, here's Sif Pop. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly. We're streaming live most weekends or available download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Red Rob. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my Ormsby darling, light of my life, co-host Andrew Ormsby. <laughs> <laughs> and each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Hello, governor. Hello. Uh, I, I switch it up to be movie specific. I think that's what we'll do from, from here on out. It's easier for you. It, it may, I, yeah, I, we kind of went through the alphabet. People know how much I love and you. Numbers. And numbers. And numbers, yeah. So. You did a fair amount of numbers. Thank you. Not thank all you. of them. No, no, we took it to 11, I think. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which you really should. Yeah, I think yeah. you're going to do this it. This one goes up to 11. Uh, I am excited about this show for a couple reasons. You could be listening to this show, uh, you know, in your headphones like you usually do. Maybe you're working out. Maybe you're on a long drive, whatever the case may be. Uh, but we launched a new kind of video setup for the YouTube channel. And if you haven't checked out the live YouTube recordings of Sif Pop, I'd highly encourage you to do that. Not just live, but also after the fact as well. It's not like they disappear. Uh, And then you can kind of get a look into the way we record uh, what we do here. So it's kind of an exciting new thing. We, you know, producer Phil is just... He's kind of a genius. Good job, Phil. <laughs> he's he's not in the room with I us. I miss a- you. <laughs> he's not in the room with us anymore, so you won't necessarily hear him him like uh, popping in yeah. unless we find a way to do an external mic outside of the room. Sad, but then we wouldn't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We have to wear headphones, which we don't usually wear. No. Uh, so so yeah. So it's a little bit different, but we're excited about it. So if you want to check out the YouTube channel, it's just YouTube.com/sifpop. Uh, and you can watch these Sif Pop podcasts as we record them. And how, yeah. whatever your favorite way to interact with us is, uh, we would love for you to be able to do that. I'm also excited because we are touching on one of Andrew's favorite areas, which is Stephen King stuff. That's which true. I always love it when one of us have kind of a passionate kind of investment in the material we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of hear your thoughts on that. I'm excited because I did my movie homework and rewatched The Shining right before I went and saw Dr. Sleep. And so mm. kind of have fresh perspective on that. By the way, I'll just say this now. The new 4K transfer of The Shining oh, yeah. is mind-blowing. Oh, it's- yeah. The bloody elevator scene is crazy. The whole thing is just gorgeous. I, it's, I mean... It, Kubrick is obviously an, an artistic He's genius. Master. He's a master. And to see it so crisp and clean, and it just, it really must have been what it was like to see some of those first prints, you know, that were yeah. sent to theaters. Because uh, it's its just the colors 
alone are astonishing. Anyways, I, that's kind of beside, that's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but and it's kind of on topic. But. And those were the ugly, like, late 60s, 70s colors. You know, all the oranges <laughs> and the mustards. We, I don't know if you know this. We still have those colors today. You can still use them. I know, but it's, they weren't so prom, <laughs> they're not so prominent like they were like, ugh. Yeah, fashion's <laughs> a weird thing. How <laughs> color, like the psychology of color changes throughout time what we think is cool or interesting or sexy or fun like yeah. it changes through time that's fascinating i think to me. bright blues like neon blues are in right now because it's futuristic you know? mm-hmm. yeah 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 i personally am a fan of sif pop green that's that's one of my mm. favorite colors right mm, now i like it sif pop green uh so we're gonna have a good show we've got uh, obviously our usual uh, the usual suspects uh like our um you know what do we do at the end? Buried well, treasure. We, do a buried treasure. Thank you, we thank also you, do thank you. a sift quest, which the fun people lie. send us on. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I do so many podcasts every week now that you forget I, which I one sometimes you're forget recording. which ones I'm hosting. That's fair enough. Uh, well, we do a sift quest that the you, people Andrew. will send us on. We'll do a thank best you. ever challenge in movies that. that have doctor in the title. Yeah. But then we also kick it off with some Do We Care? <laughs> Every single week. Wait a second. I feel like we just did rabbit season, duck season. That was a little bit yeah. weird. So, yeah, kick us off with some Do We Care? Every single week, ask out with the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide, do we care or not? Number one, Colin Farrell in talks to play the Penguin, as well as Andy Serkis as Alfred in Robert Pattinson's Batman film. This cast is lighting up, people. Uh, it was already pretty lit up. Like, yeah. the cast, it just, here's my thing. Are, are we approaching too many villains? Like, There's a comic book that I've heard, like, uh, what's his face? Uh, he did Jay and Silent Bob. Help me out. Kevin Smith? Kevin Smith yeah. talking about um, this possibly being based around uh, this, I think it's called The Long Halloween. It's a Batman comic I haven't read yet. Okay. But um, it's just like a plethora of a bunch of villains that make cameos and stuff. So it's not like they're like he's fighting every single one, you know? Okay. So I'm assuming that's what's going on. But yeah, we already have. Uh, man, I am not prepared for today, am I? <laughs> no, we have Paul Dano who's playing the Riddler. And because we also and we have uh, Zoe Kravitz or Lenny Kravitz playing Catwoman, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. This is this cast is you know getting some A listers in there for shizzles. It's 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 I'm gonna so be an, it's gonna be an interesting uh, interesting thing to see all these people doing all this work. Yeah. Uh, at, at the end of the day, it's Matt Reeves, and that's you know for me. Slotting the director is often the biggest step for me because once you slot the director. They're going to define so much of the tone of the movie, the style of the movie, uh, that you know the actors can give great performances, but if they don't have somebody putting it into context, it doesn't really matter. So I'll trust Matt and see yeah. you know what he's doing here, and you know he obviously he's worked with Andy Serkis before, so that shouldn't, he? that shouldn't be hmm, a surprise. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're. Oh, was he the Cloverfield monster? It was Andy Circus. Yeah. Here's a quick question: Will uh, Alfred be a CG creation that Andy Circus <laughs> is doing here? Ooh, it's like you're teasing a future Do We Care segment. Uh, yeah. Am I though? But we're getting one more first. Number two: Dwayne Johnson to star in a biopic of UFC legend Mark Kerr. Obviously, this is way more for me than anybody. I was gonna yeah. say. I don't. I. I mean, the answer is probably no. Yeah. I don't care, but. 
But uh, if you are interested, uh, there is a great HBO documentary called The Smashing Machine. So he he looks like the Incredible Hulk to me, this yeah. person that this biopic is about. Is this a famous person yeah. in UFC He was like one of the founding... History? F- yeah. Okay, so like when Ultimate Fighting Challenge... Started. Started. Yeah. Okay. Back when it was literally no rules. Mm-hmm. You could headbutt, you could crotch punch you could do anything no i remember and that was that was mid 90s right because i remember being in college and people be it was almost like like the ufc and like faces of death were like the like the like the same thing where it's like this thing that shouldn't exist but people watch and you have to go underground to find these tapes yeah people are doing this thing and people could die man people could die that's what i remember from college no yeah that's that's (laughs) what it was like and uh yeah there's like openly talking about steroid use and stuff like that just to be mm. the scariest looking dude yeah it's actually a really interesting documentary even was if hoist gracie in in that hoist era yeah it's funny because all of the people in like the first like the first years of the ufc looked like mark kerr these big giant dudes and hoist gracie was just this not That's what little, I remember. Not yeah. little guy, but, compar- but comparatively, car- comparatively, yeah. he was a little guy in his gi, and he would take these big guys down with submission holds, them. and yeah, yeah. That's what I remember hearing about. I never saw any of it, but I remember hearing about that yeah. stuff. Hoist Gracie and Hickson, all those Gracies. Well, this shouldn't be a surprise, right? Like physically, it matches. If they're going to do this story, the Rock's the right pull yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. Number three. Number three. Talking about. CGI and stuff like that. Yeah. James Dean. Have you heard about this? I did. Okay. James Dean will be digitally digitally recreated as a credited cast member in an upcoming Vietnam film titled Finding Jack. James Dean passed away, in case you didn't know, uh, in 1955 uh, at the age of 24. Uh, He'd only done three films. Um so his family has signed off his estate signed off on the rights for him to be in this movie but it has garnered a lot of divisive opinions of let me guess let me guess people are scared of technology in the future and they think this is a bad idea it's more yeah exactly (laughs) but the the, most of the stuff that i've seen is like um if it is about vietnam and stuff like that you don't know how james dean would have felt about you know being in a movie sure Based on that or anything like that. Um, sure. Also, but- how are you going to credit this? I guess they're they're crediting James Dean, but what does that mean for the mocap artist? You know. Yeah, it's it's because he's the one giving the performance. It's fascinating, right? Yeah. Uh, we already deal with this a little bit. We have plenty of uh, uh, CG movies, cartoons, yeah. whatever you want to call it, animated films, where the voice actors and the digital artists combine their skills together to create a character, right? In this case, you're dealing with all a group of, you know, computer people, digital artists, both uh, vocally and visually, but you're also dealing with reference material that comes from an actual person, both visually and vocally. So I think it would be fair to credit it both ways, but here's the important question is why do you need to credit it? Like what, for what purpose do you credit it for awards? Do you feel like James Dean is going to win an Academy Award no. for this performance? Like, why do we need to label it with, you know, that? Yeah, I think this is just like a uh, to show off we can sort of thing. Sure. Which that that part 
I could understand, but it could be used so much better. This is how I was looking at it. If you want to use this technology, use it for like a biopic of somebody. We were just talking about Mark Kerr. If you wanted a deep fake Mark Kerr face onto Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I would understand that because you're talking about a real person, you know? Mm -hmm. if, sure. uh, I think uh, Philip DeFranco said, if you're going to do a Nelson Mandela biopic, you know, and you were to digitally recreate what Nelson Mandela actually looked like, that would be some, it would make sense. But creating an artist to portray or an actor to portray a fake character serves nothing other than to say, you guys remember this one guy from back in the fifties, which like, isn't, which isn't nothing. That's not nothing. I'm not trying to, you know, it, it may sound like I'm scoffing at the technology. Right. I'm just saying the application is I'm just saying that money, the money that's used to right. create him is so it, I don't see a return on investment. Yeah. Well, I mean, long-term certainly, I mean, you could have said the same thing about the original toy story, right? The money invested in doing that, you know, where's the return on investment that movie did gangbusters. And then all of a sudden there's a whole new type of animated film yeah. that is now the dominant force in animated filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, I, I think long-term the ROI is pretty clear for studios. If they don't have to actually pay actors, <laughs> if, if they can pay them for the rights to their appearance. And so now actors are making, you know, uh, who knows how much, let's say less than they would make if they showed up to set, but they don't even have to go to set. Like this is a fascinating thing to me long-term for the technology, if it works. And that's a big if, because, you know, we've talked about the, even recently in Dark Fate, how the bridge over the uncanny valley appears to almost be complete. You know, like we've yeah. almost spanned that gap. Uh, if it truly is complete, I, this is just this is another tool in the filmmaker's toolbox and how you use it uh, is can be important morally and ethically, depending on what the family says about it or if it's a living person, what they say about it. Yeah, because we should have some responsibility and uh, input on how our appearance and voice is used. I think that's valuable. Yeah. Um, but having said that, it's just a, a tool in the tool. Can you imagine a, like you said, like a documentary about a famous person, but they were the on-screen host of it themselves? Yeah. Like they hosted their own retrospective. Yeah. Like how fascinating is that idea? I, I was even thinking, we'll just, I, we can pull this out of our uh, Dr. Sleep review right now. The idea that they uh, went completely with actors uh, Lookalikes. Lookalikes, as yeah. opposed to doing digital. Yeah. A lot of people are going to applaud that, and they're going to say, I'm glad they did that because I don't agree with you know this kind of stuff. Yeah. I kind of wish they did the digital thing. I've really been enjoying it. I would have you know enjoyed seeing Shelley uh, Long playing that role. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so. Um, but I admit I'm the weird one too. Like I am so tech forward that I, I'm probably to my own you know detriment to my own fault. Yeah. So yeah. That's yeah. my opinion. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Bring it on. Yeah. Bring on the digital actors. <laughs> I'm so in favor of it. Uh, all right. Well, let's get on to our review for this week. Let's talk a little bit of Dr. Sleep. Hi. You can hear me. You're magic. Like me. I don't know about magic. I always called it the shining. The world is a hungry place. The 
dangerous place. These people, they hurt people like us. Struggling with alcoholism, Dan Torrance remains traumatized by the sinister events that occurred at the Overlook Hotel when he was a child. His hope for a peaceful existence soon becomes shattered when he meets, is it Abra? Yeah. Abra. Because Abra is like Abracadabra, or yeah, is it Abra? Do you remember whenever they made the joke? Yeah, no, 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 yeah. I know, but I couldn't remember yeah. if they called her Abra or Abra, because Abra is Abracadabra, right? Yeah. So Abra. Abracadabra. Abracadabra? <laughs> yeah, Abracadabra. Abracadabra. Yeah. Anyways, they meet They meet Abra, a teen who shares his extrasensory gift of the quote-unquote shine. shine. Uh, this is uh, based on a follow-up book to the uh, the story of The Shining yep. by Stephen King. So it's not um, like a whole cloth sequel that somebody came up with yeah. uh, other than the original creator. You're a huge Stephen King fan. I'm excited for us to talk about uh, this. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I really liked it. Really liked it? Yeah. So not into the, the needle doesn't quite stretch into the love? No, I got issues, but All right. you know, I, I, I really enjoyed myself. And I have a feeling... That I'm going to be alone in this. You are not alone. I liked it. Really? Uh, yeah, I did. I think there's some really interesting stuff going on in this movie. Um, I, I think it does suffer a little bit tonally. I think it... Uh, here, Here's... I guess I'll just start here. Let's just okay. jump in. Uh, this is a completely different movie than The Shining. Very much so. And I think that's a good thing. I don't think you want to try to reinvent Kubrick. Like, you just don't want to do that, right? Like, it's not, that's not what you need to do. But there are times where it's like, wait, are we turning The Shining into a superhero movie now? Like, there's, like, there are moments in this movie where I really got a, a tonal aesthetic of... Um, young adult fiction, uh, you know, modern superhero movies, like all this kind of stuff. But then there also are the tension, the horror, you know, elements that we know from the original Shining. And I think, unfortunately, I think they made the right decision in not trying to be Kubrick. Yeah. But I think it's almost impossible to escape the shadow of Kubrick. And yeah. so there are things in here that kind of mess with that tone. I, to me, that's the biggest negative of the film. And really the only thing, not the only thing, but the main thing for me that brings it down a few notches is it just, it didn't seem to know what coalesce into what kind of movie overall it wanted yeah. to be. It suffers from the fact that it's a sequel to a movie, which was very much different from the book. <laughs> right. So and Stephen King has said he really likes this movie because it almost retcon he he didn't like the shining he hates the shining yeah yeah because uh, it's totally different um i will say this there are so many moments in this where i feel bad for the filmmakers because they know 90 percent of their audience has only seen the movie and not read the book mm -hmm. so they're trying to say okay well and by the way i have not read dr sleep I tried. Oh, okay. I was curious about that. Yeah, I didn't have time. Yeah. But I wanted to. I'm probably still going to read it. But there, this feels so much more like a Stephen King. Like, it feels like his multiverse as opposed to what The Shining did. And there are so many hints and nods to other stories and oh, things in his movie, in his books and stuff, that I was afraid 
that's the reason why I was going to come away from saying that I really liked it because there were all those Easter eggs. And I'm like, well, would that have been confusing for people who haven't read all of his other books who didn't well, pick up I, on that kind I of stuff? I will tell you, I didn't notice him. So, uh, so, no, I don't think it was. I don't think they were distracting. Uh, and you're right. That is a bit of a, a tightrope to walk sometimes. Yeah. But I, I think they walked it fine because I was not distracted by any uh, Dr. Sleep um Easter eggs. Yeah. Stephen King Easter eggs, I should say. Um, I guess we could go back to more generalized stuff. What do you think of Ewan McGregor? Um, I love Obi-Wan. I think, <laughs> uh, I think he's great. I, I liked the performances in this down the line. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, right? Oh, she's so good. She, she's she, creepy. Yeah. In she, a good way. She's the standout, although uh, the little girl, and I'll look, I have, up her, I'll look up her name. No, she was super good. She was really good. Yeah. So no, overall, I think the cast was uh, was really good, and everybody performed well yeah. and did did their job. Um, which what what was the what was the little girl's name? Anyways, continue. What are some other things that uh, that you liked? Well, I love like I said, this feels a lot more like a Stephen King creation than what The Shining did, um, and I really appreciated that just because you know. It's that tightrope, like I said, you got to walk both of them. Um, the journey that Danny goes on from the beginning of this movie, where they do, where they have the lookalikes and stuff, you know, where you're, they're going back and you're seeing what life is like right after they leave the Overlook Hotel, you mm-hmm. know, and how he's still, you know, being tortured by these demons and mon- monsters and stuff like that, um, and how he, how that affects the rest of his life, you know, and then you get to grown up you mcgregor danny torrance and you just see this man who is you know doing drugs and drinking and stuff just so he can quiet these voices down mm-hmm. you know um it's a very fascinating and interesting look at like because in a lot of stephen king books yes he has the multiverse but we never see the after effects for like the survivors of like the horrors that they go through and stuff and i thought that this was a really interesting look at like yeah you may have survived but did you really like the person you were is dead pretty much, mm-hmm. and something else has come out on the other side. Uh, Kylie Curran, I'm gonna say, or Curran, C U R R A N. But Kylie was really great in this movie. Mm-hmm. One of the things I I also really enjoyed about what's going on here was the storytelling. I thought they did a really great job of investing me in these characters and their journey in a not confusing, simple, interesting way. Uh, the introduction of Rose the Hat and her group, I thought, was really powerful. We can just call them the Eaters. Okay, we'll call them the Eaters. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was... I don't know if that's what they're calling ...really not. well done. The The first uh, interaction between Rose the Hat and Abra was brilliantly constructed. I love the way that scene was constructed, without going into any spoilers. Yeah. Uh, it's my favorite part of the movie. It's great. Yeah. It's so good. And... Part of what makes it so great is the storytelling uh, that's going on here. Now, I don't know how much of that comes from the book. Neither of us have read it. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of it does. But it's brought to the screen in a way that it doesn't feel like there's any parts missing to it, which can happen with books uh, a lot of times. So I really enjoyed the storytelling of what was going on here, the way they brought you through, uh, the, the... the slow so one thing the original shining had was kind of the slow descent into madness yeah in this one we're dealing more with the slow ascent 
into taking ownership, which is fascinating to me. It's it's almost like, you know, one of them is about degradation and one of them is about um, edification, you know, yeah. building up. Uh, and I found that, again, really interesting and really fascinating. The other thing about the eaters is I felt like we were given the exact right amount of empathy for them. Like we understood their motivations. We understood what they were doing. Um, we, the yes, temptation. Yeah. Yeah. We, we get how this happens. And it felt yeah. right. It felt authentic. But what I mean by right, not necessarily morally right, but it felt authentic sure. to yeah. uh, to that story. So, yeah, there's a lot of really good work going on here, I think. Yeah, that's just great storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I can see, yeah, I guess this could just be a warning. If you're expecting the Shining movie, the Kubrick Shining, mm -hmm. you're not going to get it. Yeah. You're going to get homages and like uh, callbacks and stuff. Like, yeah, that's like well, the I mean, overlook. The, the, but, movie, I mean, totally. the movie, especially when it's time, plays the hits. Like, oh, yeah. it is, I, they're every memorable, I shouldn't say every, but a high percentage of the memorable scenes from The Shining, having just watched it before I went and, and saw this. Yeah are referenced or literally right there in front of you yeah. uh, in this movie at one point. And I don't know that it ever got to the point where I was like, that's forced, that's no. weak. It didn't didn't necessarily get there, but it kind of tiptoed close. Like there were a couple yeah. times where I was like, that seems a little, that's a little, I'm, I mean, I'm glad, but you're, you know, I don't know. It, it reminded me of the fan, the winking fan service that happens in a lot of, you know, our yeah. modern pop culture. I don't think it relied on it though. No. Yeah, no. I think that it was more interested in telling the story it had in front of it than yeah. trying to recreate The Shining. Sure. Which is great. Yeah. Um, my big con with the movie is there was a couple times where they hem hawed across information like. Okay, you're just jumping to that conclusion just to move the story forward, sort of thing. Like you don't have any real basis for your claims or anything like that you're just like we need to do this because movie needs to happen in this place or that place you know mm -hmm. i was like okay you could have explained that a little bit better but then again time you know you gotta have a pretty flowing movie so i can understand yeah but that's my one major con yeah i kind of already talked about mine um other i thought it looked good i thought it uh looked beautiful i thought the effects were well done yeah. um, for the most part. Um, I thought the world, quote unquote, building that's happening here was interesting to me. You know, I was I was fascinated by the more detailed idea of what Shining is, of what Steam is, about, you know, all these yeah. kind of things. Is Steam a Stephen King word too? Is, or is that kind of a new... See, uh, Shine, that's something prevalent in almost all of his books. Yeah, right. Because the kids from uh, It, they shine. Mm -hmm. um, in The Dark Tower, they call it the touch. They don't call it the shine. Um, I've never seen Steam before. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I haven't read the book, so I'm sure they didn't just throw it in there. Or maybe they did. What do I know? Um, <laughs> but I found it interesting. I've Because... Even in the Dark Tower movie, for as much as it gets wrong, you know, there were they were feeding on those that shined, and that don't forget too. They were mm -hmm. using that power to try and bring down the tower, right? And uh, that's something that actually is correct. You know, people who shine, that power can be uh, absorbed and uh, uh, drained. I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, I think that's like the main overarching like prevalency in all of Stephen King's work is the shine slash the touch. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about with this? Um, you know, for me, I'll just do this maybe for my one last thing. Uh, so many X-Men vibes off of this movie. Uh, and maybe we can talk about more of that in spoilers. Uh, but it, it's fascinating to me. I, I don't know that you can help that. I don't know that you can make a movie that has certain aspects to it and just and you're not going to be uh, in some way feeling like there's a, a reflection of other things that have been done. But there were several times in this movie I'm like, oh, it's like that in the X-Men. Oh, it was like my context to kind of place together gotcha. a lot of you know yeah. stuff that was happening maybe for me just because i'm like oh that's from that stephen king work. right oh so that's where i really got my yeah but yeah i guess that's just something you know we we look for commonalities and things we're like yeah. okay i can reference it to that and that just so you right. you feel like you understand it more yes but yeah yeah good movie yeah and um no, no post credit scene and uh uh you know it was what, what what's her name mark um Rebecca Ferguson? Yes. Great Magneto. I mean, Red Hat. Uh, great, 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 uh, yeah. what, whatever that character's name was. Man, that scene where she goes to meet Abra. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, all right. Uh, that'll do it for our review of Dr. Sleep. Let's take a look at our best ever challenge for okay. this week. Uh, we're going to do best ever movies that have the word doctor in the title. Now, that can be that can be the full word doctor. DR. It can be DR period. It can be doc. What's, what's up, Dak? If you want, uh, we can go that route. Not a ton, but enough to do a top five, I think. I got a five. Uh, what's your number five? Doctor No. Ooh. No. I, it's my number four, but let's go ahead and talk about it. Okay. Um, yeah, you got to throw the Bond movie on here, right? Yeah. James Bond. Yeah, a little Sean Connery Bond. Is it the best Sean Connery Bond? Oh, gosh, no. No. Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a Bond aficionado, mm, so... Yeah. Oh, I knew that about you, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I definitely am. I love me some James Bond. So what specifically about Dr. No would you say? What's the first? Yeah. So, you know, just got everything up and running. If you don't count, like, the original Casino Royale, which... yeah. Who does? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it just... it It is the pinnacle the foundation of what this entire franchise was built you get one movie that just sparks and then here we are now you know people talk about franchise filmmaking as if it's a brand new thing it's, oh it's it's not cinematic you know? universes are a brand new thing yeah. but franchises <laughs> yeah those have been forever yeah hollywood has always been interested in making money off something that made money before yeah that, that has not changed nice what you got uh, my number five is doctor who uh, and that is the movie, the Doctor Who movie. Which one? Uh, there's only technically one movie, uh, Doctor Who. Um, but there, why? Why are you thinking of other Doctor Who movies? What well, other? the only one I can think of is the one with, that has both uh, Matt and David in it. You know where? Yeah, it, Day of the Doctor. I think Day is of what the you're, yeah, you're yeah. thinking of. But that's technically a TV episode. I thought that was a the, full-on movie. Well, in the same way that the Christmas specials are movies, but they're not. See, that's they're, that's where I was con confused because I'm like, I don't know if I can put any of the Doctor Who. 
because I don't know if those technically count as movies or not, but there's an actual movie movie. Yes, Paul McGann uh, played the doctor for the movie, uh, and it is kind of the in-between of the original OG TV series and the new TV series. Uh, I think it was 1996, so, you know, Russell T. Davies hadn't, you know, kicked off the Christopher Eccleston run, uh, and it had been, uh, you know, a few years since the, you know, Doctor Who ended, and I think the early 80s, I could be wrong about that okay um but so it kind of bridged that gap uh in between and i think there's some trivia i could have this completely wrong but i think there it is the uh the only doctor that we haven't seen uh go through the transformation process uh, oh really yeah to the new doctor so um so kind of a i could be absolutely wrong about that i am a doctor who fan but not an like I feel Fanatic. like I'm an Uber fan, but I don't know all that stuff like by heart. Yeah. So, um, but I do. But the movie is worth seeing just for how it connects. Yeah, uh, stuff that goes on, and I had to give a shout out to. Exterminate. You can't talk about Doctor titles without talking about Doctor Who. So yeah. thankfully they've made a movie. That's yeah. my number five. What's your number four? I'll go Doctor Doolittle, the Eddie Murphy one. Yeah, it's in my honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I mean. It was when I when, the, when I was a kid. This was like just a fun yeah. movie. Um, Criminally overlooked by the Academy in that year's Academy Awards. You think so? <laughs> no, okay, silly. I was like, I don't know if you're like really pushing hard for Eddie Murphy to get that that Oscar. That would make that would be so the Academy Awards if the one the Academy Award that Eddie Murphy won was for Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. I'm not saying that. No, it's really funny. You got Chris Rock as a hamster. I mean, what, what, what more do you need? <laughs> What other world do you want to live in? Exactly. Than the yeah. one where Chris Rock is a hamster voice. Yeah. Uh, no, good choice. I had my honorable mentions. All right. What's uh, your number three? No, my number three. Yeah. Uh, what's up, Doc? Have you seen this? Is Barbara it a Bugs Streisand? Bunny movie? No, no. Oh. Barbara Streisand. It's, it's really interesting because it's a movie that was made in the 70s, uh, but it feels like a caper from like the like the 40s maybe or the 50s uh it's really funny it's high energy it just moves a mile a minute and it's just kind of it's a lot of fun it's the most fun you will ever have watching uh barbara streisand movie i'm not a streisand fan she's so fun in this um so it might be maybe if you're not a streisand fan this is the one that you know you can kind of watch and kind of see what everybody else is is talking about so Papa, can you hear me <laughs> thanks deadpool yeah i appreciate that uh peter bogdanovich by the way uh wrote and directed it cool so, yeah my number three yep abbott and costello meet dr jekyll and mr hyde <laughs> nice i Dude, didn't even have this one really yeah oh it's so funny I mean, Abbott and Costello, that was my childhood growing yeah. up. No, Those... I, I love Abbott. I think I've even talked about the for a talent show my friend and I did, uh, Who's on First. Did the, you really? The entire routine. Who? Yeah. We, we memorized my friend. Who? I told you. Who? My friend. Who? Uh, we did the entire routine for our talent show, and it was, I, I remember sitting in my bunk bed, like memorizing my lines. And it's just Who were you? Those... Were you Abbott or were you Costello? Uh, I was the uh, the straight man. So I, I so was you were, Costello. Uh, Costello. Or no, uh, no, no, Abbott. Which one is which? Lou Abbott. Yeah, Abbott is the tall, skinny one. Okay. Lou Costello is the short. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the guy. tall, skinny one. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I haven't seen a lot of their movies like this, though. 
Oh, oh, they're good. They have like a Adam Costello meet Frankenstein and Dracula and stuff like that. They 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 hit all like the dark universe classics like Wolfman and stuff like that. And man, I just ate those up when I was a kid. And this yeah. one is especially funny. Wolfman, I think I did see. I think I did see Evan Costello and Wolfman. Wolfman. Yeah. <laughs> and Mummy so. and stuff like that. Oh, I love them. Oh, it just makes me so happy thinking about it. Yeah. All right. Your number two? My number two, because uh, what was your... My number three was the Evan Costello. All right. So, yeah, I guess we'll do my Wait, number have two. Wait, have we skipped one of yours, or...? No, I think okay. because Doctor No, we just kind of switched our order, but that's fine. I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Uh, so my number two is Doctor Strange Love, or how I <laughs> stopped worrying so we, and learned to love the bomb. We probably have our number one and our number two flip. Then that I would imagine that's the case. Yeah. You want to talk about this first? Yeah, let's talk about it first. Um, I mean, you know, kind of a nice little Kubrick tie. Yeah, right? exactly. Stanley Kubrick, yeah. Uh, 1964. This movie's hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny, but so it's so believably ridiculous at the same time you're like I well, there's could, a really sharp satire to it yeah you like, know oh yeah there's definitely an underground bunker with a bunch of generals and stuff just got that finger on the button just wanting to push it so hard peter sellers he's everybody in this movie he plays like what five people in it mm-hmm. yeah george c scott slim yeah. pickens yeah he wasn't in much, was he? No. He was in Blazing Saddles and this. <laughs> and he also got um, uh, James Earl Jones in this yeah. as well. He's one of the pilots. Yeah. Uh, Slim Pickens, man, he rode that nuke. Yeah, one of the his... most, uh, I would say, iconic pieces of film in film history is him riding that nuke, him down, riding the nuke down, down the sky. I mean, just... Yeah. It's great stuff. And you can see the talent and artistry of, you know, Kubrick on full display even here in his career. So, yeah. yeah no, was this, good. Uh, this was intentionally black and white, right? It, it was like color films definitely like were prevalent. In 1964? Yeah. 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 yeah I think they had color then. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, because you had like Wizard of Oz came out in 1944 or something like that. So, yeah. but I was like, it was a choice, but I didn't know if it was like just easier or if he was actually yeah. going for like a theme or something. Yeah, Wizard of Oz came out in 1939. So yeah, 39? Color, I yeah, thought it was 44. Color had been around for a while. Well, then yeah, definitely been around for a hot minute. Yep. Uh, and so your number one and my number two are... Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. No love. I uh, no love. Doctor Strange love. Doctor oh, Strange. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no love? Why do you have it in number two of no yeah. love? Yeah. No, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great addition to the MCU. It it continues to creep up my MCU list. Really? I just, I dig the character. I dig the world. I dig the the uh, cape. I Like, there's just so much I love. I love the performance. I just, I really dig, dig this character. And the movie did a really good job of making you feel like you only scratched the surface of the possibilities right? and, yes. like, the mysticism of everything. It gave you enough to get you intrigued, but also yearning for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, Benedict is perfect for this role. I was actually kind of nervous because um, I didn't know how he'd do with an American accent because his English accent is so thick. Yeah. But no, he does a really good job, and I think he's actually a really good Stephen Strange. Yeah. No, I, I love everything about this character and this movie, and I am pumped for the sequel. Yeah. I've come to bargain, Dormammu. Yes, that's at the end of this movie is so good. Yes, because it's not a 
See who can punch you the hardest. No, it's clever. It's, the it's best. different. It's it's great. I love that's yeah. what that's one of the main reasons why I love this movie so much is because it's like and also the scene where time is being reversed in China and they're having to fight while everything is being reversed around them. Yeah. It's such a cleverly choreographed and brilliant shot. Did we sequence. go down to Branson and see this together in Laser? I think we did. No, not in Laser because this came out a long, long time before Laser. I feel like it was one of the first ones I saw in Laser, but maybe I'm thinking of something else. I remember we saw the horrible Fast and Furious movies, but yeah, we, we, <laughs> we definitely did go down to Branson to see this together. That would have been the year 2016. That would have been... That would have been... Yeah, I think it is. I know, I am almost sure this was one of the first movies I ever saw in Laser okay. uh, IMAX. So, yeah, because I just remember how crisp like some of those long-distance 3D shots looked to me. I remember um, his, the sling ring and the uh, the mystical shields that he was creating and mm -hmm. stuff. Just the, the lines that were coming off more so detailed and yeah. stuff. Speaking of which, by the way, uh, on, update everybody on the HFR effect. Uh, I think it's finally worn off. Oh, good. Um, so I'm now not disappointed in every movie I see. Because <laughs> it's not HFR. Uh, but I'm still ready. I'm, I'm waiting for every movie to be HFR. Yeah. Uh, well, there you, you actually go. got me kind of nervous about that. Really? Yeah, because I'm afraid, like, what if I go and see an HFR movie and it messes That's with right. me? That's right. No, it's just me. I don't think everybody else is having that reaction. Okay. Uh, I think most people are the reverse reaction, which is when they go see HFR. They don't like it because it's so different. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm the weird one who loves it. Bring it on! All right, man. Make hey. make Sif pop on YouTube in HFR. Let's do it. Let's Phil! do let's do sixty frames next time, Phil. Let's uh, let's make it happen. I think uh, I think OBS can go up to one twenty. Um, let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's do let's do let's it, do. It would be three sixty or two forty. Let's do resolution. Let's, let's do a thousand frames per second. Let's just. <laughs> Let's just really blow it out. We'll just yeah. make it crystal clear. Uh, all right. So that'll wrap it up for the best ever challenge. Before we hit the SIF quest for this week, a huge thanks to our SIF Pop members who actually make this show possible. Uh, both the audio portion, which much of the equipment, uh, much of the movies we see are supported by those members, and the video portion, brand new video setup going on with SIF Pop today, and a lot of that came from the ability of our members to support what goes on here. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, it means the world that you enjoy this enough that you would actually throw a couple dollars our way every month. It's kind of mind-blowing. Go to... Very humbling. Yeah, it really is. Go to patreon.com slash sifpop if you want all the information. Uh, what an incredible crew uh, of people coming together to make sifpop real. So thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, again, that is patreon.com slash sifpop. S-I-F-T-P-O-P. Uh, Sift Quest today uh, <laughs> says this, inspired by Aaron's recent press invite. Uh, I think that's for the Irishman. What yeah. A-list actor or actress, either past the prime age or deceased, do you wish could have played a role in a modern-day comic book movie? Example, a young Al Pacino as Wolverine. Uh, who is supposed to be short, it says in parentheses. He was. Um, He's so a little muscle ball. The, great question. Uh, very fascinating to think of, right? I got 10. You Well, you're going to own this segment. I just I just did two. I, 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 just, I couldn't stop. I was having so much fun. I'm like, ooh, That's what is this great. person? Do yeah. you want me to just get mine out of the way and then yeah. you can just go off? Okay. 
Um, I think Cary Grant would be a great Iron Man. Uh, oh. I, I, his, his, just his debonair quality, his SWAT. Like, I love that. Um, no, he, he, he would play, he would pull it off. Yeah. I think he could definitely pull that off. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, uh, Jimmy Stewart as, Jimmy Stewart. as Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Why are my arms so stretchy? <laughs> A young Jimmy Stewart. I just think of his his energy, and it just it matches kind of that funness uh, that I've seen in Mister Fantastic in the movies. Of like, you know, oh wow, how is this happening? Why is this happening? But he can also be serious and complex, yeah. and so I I think that uh, the would Invisible work for me. Woman is played by Harvey, the giant white rabbit. Yes, exactly. See yeah. now you've got it. You're yeah, totally. I'm understanding picking up what him. you're putting down. All right, go off, man. Like, oh, you, just, you couldn't help yourself. Yeah. What do you got? Tom Selleck is Bruce Wayne, specifically in The Dark Knight Returns. All right. If you were to play old Bruce Wayne, I think you would really pull it off. A little mustachioed Batman going on. Um, I'm going to go with Martin Sheen as Logan. Okay. If you get a younger Martin Sheen and he were to get muscled up, I think his voice, perfect for it. Okay. Sam Elliott as Martian Manhunter. Mm. It's it's something he would never... He's It's not a cowboy. Right. So uh, I don't know if you could convince him to do it, but I think he would be perfect. I can, I only I only know Martian Manhunter from the uh, Supergirl TV show. Oh, okay. Is it a Supergirl character? No, or he's, it's a... he's a member of the Justice League. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's very popular. All right, fair he's enough. He's like one of the most powerful people in DC. Um... I'm going to go Helen Mirren as Magic from the X-Men. Okay. You get a young Helen Mirren. Ah, she turned some heads. Robert Redford as Superman. Yeah? I think, you know, because they he They could was, have done that. I mean, Superman... They could have done that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess how old would he have been when Superman came out, but... Well, Superman came out during World War II. Well, the, mo- the movie? Was there a Superman movie during World War II? No, like, who could have played... I think what they're asking is... No, 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 I know. I know. I'm just saying, the, even like the actual history we lived in, Superman came out in 1978. The movie. The the Yeah, the first movie. I wonder just how old Redford was then. He probably was maybe too old for that role. Oh, yeah. He was probably in his 40s by then, I imagine. Yeah. Um, after Redford, I got Brad Pitt as Hal Jordan slash the Green Lantern. I think he would have killed it as Hal Jordan. Yeah. But he's still just a little too old. Yeah. Redford was born in 36, so he would have been 42 when Superman came out. Yeah. Clint Eastwood as Johnny Blaze, the Ghost Rider. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford is the thing from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> okay. You'll have to explain that to me. It doesn't seem it's right to me. but It's the voice. Okay. If you were to just, you know, I think he has the perfect voice for the thing. Um, after that, I got Meryl Streep as Jean Grey. Ooh, yeah. Because if, yeah, if anybody could pull off, you know, the Phoenix, like the tormenting mentality, like the mm-hmm. twisting and stuff, Meryl Streep could do it. Yeah. And then Salma Hayek as Kamala Khan. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Miss Marvel. 
These are great choices. I know. Thank you, Andrew. And for... I stopped at 10 because I had a lot more. <laughs> and I'm like, I, that would just take up the whole podcast if I just went on and on and on. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't want, I didn't want, I, did, I didn't think about it beyond two. I was just like, oh, two probably is enough. But no, you, you no, can stop yourself. No, I got bit by the bug. <laughs> Nicely done. That means that's a good question. Yeah. You, you ask a question right in Andrew's wheelhouse. Uh, so if you'd like to ask a SIF quest, feel free to email us. That's... Uh, Feedback at sifpop.com. I didn't know Martian Manhunter was in the Supergirl show. Yeah. He's one of my favorite DC characters. I'm surprised I didn't know that. Yeah, I think, unless I'm thinking of... Is his name John John? Maybe? Phil! (laughs) Uh, You really miss Phil, don't you? I know. Yeah. Uh, Yes, yes. It It is? is, It is the same person. Oh, I might have to start watching Supergirl. Yes. Um, and yes, John, John's John, 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 yeah, John, 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 John's has Z's, yeah, John, 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 uh, anyhow, there you go. Uh, you could just say Martian Manhunter or or John Jones, that works John, as well. John Bones Jones, <laughs> uh, you ready to hit our buried treasure? Yeah, you want to go first? Sure, all right, what do you got? I saw a movie that cracked my top 10 movies of the year. I mean, I think that's going to happen here a few yeah. times as we finish out this year. But this one came out a little while ago. Yeah. Yeah. The Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. This movie's good. Yeah. I've heard. I really liked it. I had so much fun with this movie. It's one of those movies that just makes you smile from beginning to end. Like, it's full of hope and stuff while having a very emotional, like, heart-wrenching mm-hmm. backstories for these characters. But so much hope for the future and stuff like that. Great performances. Shia LaBeouf kills it. Um, he's in another he's, movie that's coming out. Honey Boy. Honey Boy. Which I, I was looking forward to seeing because it was an amazon original yeah and it came out november 8th and i'm like oh my gosh so i went on amazon prime only in theaters oh yeah amazon i, I got amazon a l- little bit of a, a maybe make you upset i don't know amazon just sent me all their award screeners oh, did digitally you get it so um so i have a sign in so i can see honey boy aeronauts i think is another amazon one yeah all that's stuff. The, so i'm yeah. trying to figure out like which which ones to watch first but i haven't watched any of them yet well Shy is getting a lot of Oscar praise and, you know, potential for Honey Boy. But honestly, he's killing it this year because this movie is great. The emotional journey he goes through in this movie is brilliant. The guy can act right up there with the best. Very nice. But yeah, I can't recommend this movie enough. It's Dakota so... Johnson. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Bruce Stern. He's in the movie for like a, a little. He's okay. a cameo kind of guy. There's a lot of Thomas cam- Hayden Church, John Bernthal. Oh, Thomas Hayden Church was great. And uh, what's his name? Not John Bernthal. Uh, John Hawks. John Hawks. There we go. Yeah. yeah. John Hawks is good in this too. He he can play the. He's really the same guy he was in Winter's Bone, except right. yeah, yeah, yeah. less uh, messed out. Yeah. But no, and yeah. uh, Zach Gotsigan was uh, Zach, yeah, and Peanut Butter. Oh, Falcon. he's so good. Yeah, good. this movie's like um, Little Miss Sunshine if it took place in Alabama. Okay, yeah, fair enough. 
Very nice. What uh, you got? I saw an awards contender. Uh, A24 sent their first batch of screeners. So <gasps> Did I finally... you see Uncut Gems? No, they didn't oh. send that one yet. Okay. They're holding on to the, the big hitters, I think, until a little bit later. Because Uncut Gems, I know I'm stepping all over your buried treasure. No, but go for it, man. Uncut Gems is now officially my most anticipated movie of the year. Uh, Knives Out, still for me. It, it has been, and it will continue to be till I see it. Well, in Thanksgiving, like, right? A couple weeks, yeah. Yeah. So what you got? Uh, my buried treasure is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Ooh. It's yeah. very good. Is it? It's very good. I don't know. I, I, actually, I'm. it might be close to cracking my top 10, just because it's been such a down year in movies. Yeah. Um, but I guess that, that sounds a little dismissive of the movie. No, it's really good. It's a really good film, uh, and it's... What I love about it, it's one of those films that puts you in a place that you don't know if you're going to find it interesting or not, but it draws you into the characters so well and what they're going through so well that you're just fascinated by following their story and where they go. And this friendship between these two and how they navigate the gentrification of their home city yeah. and all these kind of things, it's it's devastating, it's beautiful, it's fun. Um, in some areas, uh, there is a a key scene in this movie that was just gripping. And I love that. I love when a movie can just be absolutely 100% gripping. Um, so lots of great stuff going on here. And I think, and I haven't done the study I need to do on it yet because I just saw it last night. But I think this is a lot of kind of based on the actual friendship of the filmmakers and the actual story of kind of some things that they went through. So I think there's an element of kind of their own real story here too. The so. trailer for this movie reminded me of blind spotting in a way, because blind spotting was also about, you know, the gentr gentrification of Oakland, yes, which is on the other side of that right. golden gate bridge. So, correct. Um, yeah. And if it's anything, uh, as good as blind spotting was, then yeah, I'm definitely stoked for this one. I, I'm not I, saying that I, I don't expect... think it is. I don't think it's as good as Blind Spotting. Okay, but it's definitely good. Uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Fails and uh, Jonathan Majors uh, play the two main roles, and Danny Glover's in there uh, for a little bit as well. Gotta love Danny Glover. So yeah, lots of good stuff going on with the last black man in San Francisco is definitely a recommend. Uh, it is one of the the best movies i've seen this year um probably won't compete for top five but maybe top 10 nice so there you go last black man in san francisco well we did it man yeah we did we uh we grabbed an axe and chopped up a podcast door and turned it into a podcast Here's <laughs> that's how it works Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out. Oh, thank you, buddy. Uh, huge thanks to Phil, who's producing from the other room. Thanks, Phil. Phil! Phil! Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks, including a monthly video hangout as well as every bonus episode. And just to say, sorry to Sif Pop members for slacking the last couple weeks on uh, bonus episodes. Andrew has been pushing. He's been like, we should do a bonus. And I'm just like, can't today. I'm so busy. I got stuff or my head's blowing up or, you know, whatever the case may Jet be. lagged. But yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy couple weeks. Not an excuse, but it is an apology. And we will definitely have a bonus episode uh, this week for our members. Actually, I can't. 
You know no, what I mean? No. Like, <laughs> right? Or live on air. Andrew's yeah. like, sorry to make you a liar, buddy, yeah. but I gotta go. No, we're, we're definitely doing one. Uh, so, yeah. So, if you want to be a Sif Pop member, you can check that out at patreon.com slash Pop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, rate the show. Leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So, let them know about it and that listening is much easier than explaining why you shattered your blackboard to spell the word murder. Next up in your feed, we'll have some spoilers, and then we'll be back next week with Ford versus Ferrari. Vroom, vroom.